Well, hello and good morning and welcome to the Monday Main Point. It's Monday, October the 3rd. Yep, we're in the month of October, guys. Uh, and it is 2022 still. It's still the year. <laughs> so, <laughs> hi, I'm Jonathan Hendrickson. I'm the associate pastor here at Rosa Sharon Baptist Church. And you're listening to the Main Point, um, where we get together as pastors and talk about the Sunday sermon and uh, ways to apply it to our lives and uh uh, with me on the panel today is our three past our three other pastors on staff. We've got Jeremiah Custer, Blake Flincham, Jeff McCarthy, um, and of course, like I said, myself. So uh, we are going to talk about. Uh, normally, we, we normally the guy that preaches the sermon is actually at the table, and so then we can you know really ask him questions and grill him and interview him and all that good stuff. But um, and say, hey, what did you really mean by this? But we don't have that ability today because uh, yesterday was our homecoming at Rosa Sharon, and so we were uh, blessed to have our uh, former children's pastor Nick Decker with us and his lovely family, and it was great to to see him again and to hear from him again and. And Nick, um, so Nick is the one that actually brought the message, and Nick obviously isn't here, so we can't really get into, um, you know, sort of uh, what led him and down the path that, that he, you know, led him to this particular text. Um, the title of his message was uh, Be On Your Best Behavior, and he was really focused on sort of um, a, a, a text that's, well, it's Ephesians 4, 20, uh, 25 through 32, um, and let me pull that up. I don't actually have the text in front of me. One of you guys have it. Yeah, I go, got go it. ahead and read that. I, I normally have that up on, on my computer, yeah, I and I don't you. have it up. You yet. said 25 through 32? Yeah, yeah, just read 25 through 32. There. All right. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, let no one corrupting, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed of the day of redemption, for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah, and I think those last, those last, uh, the, the, that last verse you read is so important because I think it sets the whole context for this. Nick was talking about. Um, in particular, yesterday we were celebrating 143 years of yeah, service awesome. and ministry as a church here in Durham. And that, that's 143 years. That's that's a long time, Jeff. You've been for here for almost half of that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it feels like that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> it's about a quarter of it. About a quarter of what? 143 years. 30 years. Of... It's going to be, what, 30 years next year, right? Yeah. Next year will be 30 years that you've been here. So um, that's, that, that is as close to a quarter of it. <laughs> um, but, so, so, yeah, 143 years. It's a long time for a church to, to be here. And I think one of the things that he was asking and trying to get at I think he was trying to, to lean into the fact that it was our homecoming and he was looking at what is it going to take for us to uh, be a church that has a powerful witness and can last through this next bit. Because, and, and he pointed this out, the culture has changed. Um, and the culture, uh, you know, I think he said Gen Z, uh, he was using some statistics. He said 23% of that Gen Z generation say that they don't want to accept Christianity because they believe Christians are hypocrites. 
Um, 31% of millennials say they don't want to accept Christianity because they think Christians are hypocrites. Um, and so you have two generations of people that make up a large uh, segment of the population, Jeremiah, that both of them are saying, hey, I don't want any part of Christianity because I look at Christians and they don't, they don't live up to what they believe, right? And, and I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I think part of that is, and, and, and um, part of it is that we are so sometimes focused on, on uh, behavior. We're, we're focused on, on what drives us and, and such and, and, and these guidelines that, that, um, that, that are important. But I think what really has to be the motivating factor behind all of that is that verse 32, right? It's, it's all about um, leaning in hard into what Jesus has done for us. And I think I think um, that's the reason why so many people think that Christians are are hypocrites is because we don't make enough of Jesus and we try to do everything ourselves, right? We 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 and we fail at that. We're really bad at that, in fact. Um, and so we we do need to be more about making it about Jesus and what He's done for us, and then that will guide us to these things that are very important that Nick pointed out. Yeah, I mean, just from the top down, right? Like, um, knowing that it was Jesus who forgave us, who, who, because it says God in Christ uh, forgave you, so we can forgive others because Christ forgave us. Right, that's exactly right. And of course, all these other principles that that Nick brought out, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the model, right? Is we can, we can, and I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse. Yeah, that's the right phrase. Yeah, because you, yeah. you, you want the horse in front of the car. <laughs> yeah. In the car in front of the horse. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about anger, and we're going to talk about giving and, and just some uh, honesty and those types of things. Right. We can be honest as believers because uh, Christ dwells within us, because of his spirit that that uh, exactly. that um, fires through us. And so um, that's when, when you look at those statistics, they're daunting. And I'm, I'm of course... Uh, are you uh, Blake? Are you Gen Z? You're millennial. Well, he said millennial was 1980 to 1999, and Gen Z was 1999 to 2015, and I was born in 1999. Oh boy! So, so I'm not. You're, you're, you're so, I'm, so I'm kind of right on the bridge. Yeah, I'm a bridge. Yeah. So I'm a bridge. Okay. I'm a bridger too. There's actually three bridgers in here. Okay. Because I bridge. Oh, wow. I bridge. Wow. You know, seriously, I yeah. bridge Gen X and millennial. Jeff, you bridge Boomer and Gen X, right? Yeah. And then no boomer and uh, let's see, Gen X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're you're between boomer and Gen X, and, and I'm you're millennial be- and Gen Z. Yeah, yeah so it's funny. Cool. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm full fledged millennial. Yeah, you're full fledged millennial. <laughs> yeah. and there's no doubt about that. <laughs> We've been meaning to talk to you about that too. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it, it is funny. That, so, so yeah, you're you're you go back to what you were saying though, Jeremiah. The, the Gen Z and millennials are. Oh yeah, I mean there's. I mean, they get they get blamed for a lot of stuff, right? Right. But a, a lot of it has to do with he didn't do the previous generations before, but I think they start seeing that before, and then it gets taught down to their children and to their children. I would have guessed the number was higher, to be honest mm. with you. I would have too. But I think the because he put it in quotes, right? Mm-hmm. It's their hypocrisy, right? So I don't know if they would necessarily blame like all. I can't talk for all millennials, even though sometimes I do. Uh, I don't know if they would necessarily put the blame on Christians' hypocrisy, because uh, some of them do like have real problems with 
like current view of who God is. And, right, yeah, yeah. And other things, not right. just how Christians behave right. or how the church behaves. And so I think that number is probably higher. Um, but, I mean, Nick made some very bold and strong statements uh, about their uh, potential eternal destination based mm. on uh, our behavior and how we, re- we respond to Christ and how we respond to culture. And yeah. so it was a good way for him to kind of set up what kind of the topic he was going for. One of the things I've heard you mention, even in uh, on our podcast here in the past, is is your generation in particular, and I think it applies to Gen Z as well, is about genuineness. Mm. I mean, you, you want, you, you're like, I don't care why we do it, just be real. You know, if, if, if we're, just be real and whatever you're doing and saying, be, be genuine, be real. And I think a lot of that's because millennials and, and Gen Z grew up in a generation of people that, quite frankly, were not practicing what they preach. They were, they, they're, they're wearing Christianity like a mask and, and, then, and then living a life that doesn't reflect Christ well. Yeah. And, um, and and I mean, speak to that a little bit. I mean, do you think that that's part of what what the pushback for for your generation is when it comes to that? Yeah, I think that uh, millennials, beginning with millennials, they can sniff out a fake real quick. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you just it's not just with like personalities and stuff, but but the like just pop culture what's real and what's fake so you think of like deep fakes and all that kind of stuff that's all a big part of culture like right trying to figure out what's the real thing to what's the disingenuous or the fake thing right and uh that kind of drives just a lot of culture but it also drives like personality types and um so like the whole adage like everyone believes like well i'm human right you've heard that statement right i think when a millennial hears well i'm human Mm -hmm. They take it to heart, meaning, all right, we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. So if you act like you're not in that boat, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna call you out real quick. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that's what Christians kind of they have this persona, and, and that's a lot of it's just characterization of the culture, right? Uh, wrong characterization um, that we think we're perfect, mm-hmm. but millennials know, and the Bible teaches. No, dude, no no human is perfect. That's We're right. all flawed. Right. And so the moment you start acting like you're holier than thou and 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 better than others, you get sniffed out real quick and and you just lose that credibility because at that point everything you say is disingenuous, right. it's fake and and I I just want people to be real. And Jeff, that's something I hear you say a lot and I really appreciate it when you say it from the pulpit. Because so frequently you you do a really good job of saying, look, Jesus is not asking for super Christians. And this this doesn't just apply to people who can live perfect lives. This is for the imperfect, including the pastor who who is imperfect. We're not we're not perfect either. And so, um, you know, if you if you're trying to do these things and these are good guidelines, we're going to talk about them. But if you're trying to do these things from some. So in order to achieve right some super perfection, you're going to fail miserably, right? Yeah, and and leading up to these these scriptures that Nick focused on, uh, in the context, it's it's the walk of the new believer was in which is a new man, and so Paul's writing to to the church of Ephesus, which is a Gentile church, mm-hmm. which has some Christ, some uh, Jewish Christians in there as well, which had a moral basis mm-hmm. for their behavior and stuff. And so now you got Gentiles, and he says there, uh, 
in verse 17, he says, uh, This I say, therefore testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the mm-hmm. futility of their mind. And he kind of explains that. And so what he's saying is like, yeah, you used to walk this way. Mm-hmm. But now that you become a believer, you're not going to become a Jew. You know, he had to fight that with the Galatians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. But but this is a different life. And then later on, he talks about how you you put on Christ. You take off all this other stuff, but you put Christ on. And so yeah. then it's really Christ living through you. And as he's living through you and you're convicted in these areas that, that Nick brings up, then you kind of check yourself and say, you know, I'm not really living that genuine Christian life. I need to apologize or whatever I need to do. In order then that I'm bringing honor to Christ and in in helping the gospel go forward, because if not, if I'm still acting like a Gentile that's a, a non-believer and living my life that way, then there's no real difference. Right. That, and the thing is, we don't make a difference to be different. We want a difference to be in our lives, so people say, "Hey, I want what you got." You see, yes. you have peace, and you yes. know, you mess up too, but it doesn't really. Uh, take you out, you know, you, you, you kind of get back up. You know, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Well, you know, I, I get forgiven. I, you know, I'm right. honest about it. So right. I think that's kind of the whole context of, of uh, the passage here today. And it helps us kind of put a uh, uh, a handle on then how do we live out these things Nick talked about. That's right. And, and you know, I, <clears throat> I go back to a message, Jeremiah, that you preached from Ephesians on, on the full armor of God and how, mm-hmm. and I keep going back to this because I think, um, you really kind of changed my mindset on that, and, and, and I appreciate it because um, I think that the same thing that could be said about what you said about the full armor of God, which is sometimes we look at this and we look at those individual pieces and we go, okay, I've got to put on truth. I've got to put on righteousness. I've got to put on – these are things that I've got to do, right? When re- in reality, as you're doing these things, what, really what it's all about is where, where, you know, where is righteousness? Where is truth? It's all in Christ. What Paul is saying is put on Christ. What Paul is saying here to these Gentiles, mm-hmm. right, is is um, do the as you're doing these things, you got to realize you're putting on Christ because everything that Nick mentioned, um, you know, honesty, um, uh, keeping your anger in check, having that right work ethic, and and, be, and being a gracious, giving person, keeping your tongue and using your tongue to to bring praise to God and to and to share the gospel instead of using it to, to create slander and, and, and destroy people's lives all of those things are putting on Christ mm-hmm. it's all about putting on Christ and in fact I would submit to you and I think Nick would say this too that you cannot do these things unless you're putting on unless you put on Christ yeah and verse right. 24 tells you that it says that you put on the new man exactly, which is created Jeff. according to Ex- God that's right and true righteousness and holiness Therefore, the therefore so, then was okay. That's yeah, why we're and, doing I, these and I'm things. sure Nick wouldn't want anybody to be confused that were, that w- was there and think that he's saying you can do all this on your own because you can't. Th- th- these are not these are not four easy steps to a better life. I mean, we don't preach that. We preach the gospel, yeah. and right. and and so I, I these things that 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 are good things to do, and believe me, they're good things to do, and they will make the church stronger. Let's be real about that. If we fight, you know, if we really focus on, there's a reason why Paul wrote this. Um, if, if we focus on these things as we're putting on, and we're able to do it through Christ that's in us, we will be a stronger, more um, disciple-centric church. We'll be a, a, a church of disciples who are about making disciples. And that's what it's really all about. And that that will propel us into the future, 143 years and even further, hopefully, is if we're, if we're doing those things in Christ 
making disciples in Christ. And so let's talk about some of these because I think there are, um, he says, you know, there's four areas to watch for in our life um, that, that we, we want to focus on. We've already kind of uh, foreshadowed a little bit of this as we've gone, but let's just kind of talk about each one in detail, um, knowing and understanding that put the context that we've just set up here. The first one is to watch your honesty, um, to, to, to be honest. And I think um, his, his, the, the point that he was making here and this kind of, you know, put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor because we're members of one another. That's the words that Paul uses. Um, and, you know, one of the things he said, Jeremiah, and, and I don't disagree with him here, is that the church um, has gotten pretty good at telling white lies mm. uh, and, and, and lying to themselves and lying to one another. Um, why is that? Why, why are we so, why are we so enamored with falsehood when the truth is so powerful? I think, I think it has a lot to do with uh, like the progression of sin. Mm. And I think one of the reasons we sometimes look better than the world is because we're just better at hiding our sin, mm. mm-hmm. which is the next step in the progression of sin, right? Normally it's something, ha- you see something which I don't think is sinful, uh, but then in your heart you begin to covet or lust in your heart. Then you commit the act, right? And then mm-hmm. there's a next step, the final step that we're really good at, and that's hiding it, covering mm-hmm. it up. That came from your Aiken study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, it, well, yeah, uh, that's a whole other study for another time. But if, <laughs> if you look at the sin of Aiken in the Old Testament, he he gives that progression. That's that progression. Yeah. But I, it really comes from uh, James, where oh, it talks yeah, about yeah. Uh, um Sin, when it's fully developed, brings forth death, right? right? Yeah, so, right, like, there's right. this progression. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of both. New, Old New Testament uh, progression of sin. But I think Christians, we're just really good at covering it up. We're good at hiding it. When the Scriptures tell us clearly, and we just, we stink at this. And I'm trying, I'll, I'm trying to give something pra- practical we could do in this area. We stink at confessing sin. We do. Mm. We stink at, I think we're okay confessing it to God. Because are we though? I, I wonder sometimes. I think I do too. I, I, I think we're <laughs> even ashamed to confess our sin. I think we're ashamed to admit our sin to God, who knows our sin already. But I think there yeah. are times. I, I I think one of the reasons, Jeremiah, that we we are so poor at confessing sin to one another is because we don't practice confessing to God. Hmm. Yeah, and maybe I think you're onto something. Like with the white lie thing, I think we even try it with God. Like, ah, that wasn't that bad. Right. And God's like, eh, I think it was. (laughs) 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 I kind of put it pretty clearly right here in my word. But uh, I think, I mean, I think you're right. I I think we're just not good at confessing sin. And and I'll just be honest with you. When someone comes and confesses specific sin, like to me, Mm -hmm. it does feel a little weird. I think part of that's because of my position. I don't want people to think I'm like their priest and they need right. to come to yeah. me in right. order to confess their sin. Correct. But part of me is just like, as a general cultural rule, we we don't show that much right. trust in each other and uh, like just, we like to save face. What's, yeah. what's the opposite of save face? Vulnerability. We don't show mm-hmm. that much vulnerability. We want people to think that we're better off than we are. That's why we all have social media. We post... We post our highlights. No one gets to see 
Right. When our cover yeah. picture is going to be the most glamorous thing. Yeah, right. Right. that's exactly I mean, right. Or like if, you know, like uh, online dating's big right now. I mean, you're not, if you're online dating, I mean, you're not going to post a bad picture of yourself or anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm just putting it in 21st. False advertising. Yeah, false, false advertising. advertising. That's but, what Nick was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you should have used Instagram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. But you know, you know, Blake, as a children's ministry even, um, it's funny – Kids, without even really being taught how to do it, automatically. Um, I, I saw it with my own children. I know Jeremiah's not his head, and he's saying the same with yeah. his children. But children automatically have this notion of, I need to hide my sin. I, I, need, to, I, I need to hide what I've done wrong. I'm not calling yeah. it sin. Yeah. But, but I, I need to hide what I've done wrong. When they know that they've done something wrong, the first, their first inclination is to hide it instead of just bringing it out. Why do yeah. you think that is? I mean, what is it? You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, it's really nothing different. I mean, if you look in the garden, I mean, Adam and Eve did that exact same thing. You know, they mm-hmm. tried to hide from God. Um, um, well, that was their first response. Yeah, I mean, that immediate. was immediate. Just leaves. Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think with a lot of kids, uh, older ones, and maybe even some younger, you know, with some younger ones, they feel, you know, they know that okay, there's something we I did that was wrong, like. Um, Ecclesiastes, uh, or is it talk about how laws written on their heart, the moral, you know, like we have. It's a, in Romans. Romans says Romans. Romans, right. Romans yeah, Roman, that's right. The laws written. On yeah, yeah, like there's some natural stuff. Like you don't have to be taught. You know, like mm-hmm. anybody will know that stealing something is wrong. You know, right. killing somebody is wrong. You know, right. stuff like that. So I think there's a natural, maybe a shame or guilt that comes across, and I think some of it might be fear of punishment. Fear yeah. of punishment or fear of discipline, um, and when there is that fear, you do kind of run away. But what has to be taught is discipline is a good process. Discipline is a should be a refinement. There's a purpose in discipline, not just a discipline, but to oh, ultimately our goal would be for our kids to become more like Christ, and they yeah, just have to be yeah. taught that. Yeah. Um, and know that um, I remember one parent here was telling us, telling me that. Um, with their child, they were teaching that it's always better for you to come and tell us mm-hmm. them for and to confess than for us to find out. Yeah, because yeah, we told, then we told the our kids the same. Then thing. the punishment will be uh, a lot less severe. Yeah, <laughs> if you just come and confess, we'll talk, work it out. Right. Um, so really, I mean, accountability and vulnerability has to be taught. It does, and I wonder, fellas, if 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 there, that all this goes back to, and something maybe you just said, Blake. Um, a fear of judgment hmm. is it is that is there is that the reason why that we don't want to confess sin is because we don't want to be judged whether whether that's judged by God or judged hmm. by our parents because judgment right judgment weighs out what's what's right and wrong and then meets out whatever punishment or you know reward or recompense needs to happen but that's all part of judgment is there is there a is there is maybe is it a fear of judgment or a a, um, a desire to get judgment out of the way or to, to hide from judgment that we don't practice this discipline of confession or we're not honest with one another even is that what it is? Well, I think with some kids, um, I'm not going to speak for all kids because you got a lot of different scenarios, a lot of oh, different sure, kids. Oh sure, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Um, a lot of kids, they're going to know what the uh, punishment is if I do something, and if they mm-hmm. slip up and do this, 
like if it's taking their uh, Nintendo Switch away for a week. Right. You know, they they obviously don't want their Nintendo Switch taken away for a week. Right, right. So they're going to do the necessary steps to try to cover up, well, uh, to not get their Nintendo Switch taken. But um, real, most of the time, your parents are going to find out. <laughs> you know? Right. So there's a part of that, like I said, that um, with raising your kids, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with raising like vulnerable kids, raising kids who are going to be on and reflect. But you always want to go back to this is how Christ would have it yeah. to reflect Christ and always reemphasizing the purpose in why parents doing what you're doing for mm-hmm. your kid is mm-hmm. because there's a there's such a greater thing to be had. Right. You know, there's a greater thing. You know, Jesus says he's come so that we may have life and have it abundantly. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, most parents want that, that for their kids. Uh, me, as a children's pastor, I want that for the kids of the parents that I shepherd. Sure. Um, I don't want them to have to be in, you know, like fear and, you know, this and that. But no, like, hey, look, there's a reason these rules are in place. There's a reason that sure. we do this. It's because, you know, it's like if there's a rule to, you know, not go out in the road. I mean, obviously, we don't want you to get run over by a car, you know? Right, And right. we want, it's actually what's best for you. It's what's, yeah. And that's just not the, that's just not the first thing a kid thinks of when we think rules or discipline. It's, you know, a spanking or getting something taken right. away. It's, it's a judgment, right? And so that's where adults, I think we have to be good at reemphasizing why we're doing this out of love. It's right. not out of anger, but right. out of love and pointing towards Christ. And any time that like, like if a preschool, like if Miss Elizabeth brings a preschooler up to me and they've had a bad day, mm-hmm. um, if they're old enough or even if a parent comes to me in kids' ministry, it's probably a better example. Um, in kids' ministry and they've just had a bad week, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to always reemphasize, hey, look, what you've been doing, this points to your need for Christ because you're not perfect. He is, and there's mm-hmm. ultimately a punishment for this, but mm-hmm. he's come so that you won't have to face that. So mm-hmm. trying to always reemphasize the gospel into it, I think, is important. Yeah, yeah. So, Jeff, going back to the idea of, of, of kind of, this is a learned behavior like what Blake was just talking about. Um, do you think it's fear of judgment that causes us to not confess our sins to one another as Christians. I mean, Jeremiah's right. We don't practice it. And do you think it's because we're afraid of being judged by, by our fellow Christians? I mean, is that is that part of the reason why we don't confess our sins to one another? And are we rather lie about it? Yeah, I mean, um, you, the judgment, the shame, the condemnation, the shunning, all that happens. And if we're honest, we have to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people don't do it. Because, uh, again, if we make... Um, make it all about behavior, then um, we do fall into a trap of comparing ourselves with each other and things sure, like that. Sure, sure. But if, if we make it about God's <clears throat> grace, then we can walk alongside someone and 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 help them see, okay, well, yeah, I messed up, but I'm, I'm confessing and I want to do better and I want somebody to hold me accountable. Um, then that's how we walk together. I mean, it's kind of interesting when, he, when he, he quotes Zachariah there, let each one of you speak truth was neighbor mm-hmm. um, for we are members of one, one of another, another. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing he says is don't lie anymore so you gotta I, I, I wish Nick was here because you could you could ask him like you know in your research and all what was what was the thing that maybe these Ephesian people were lying about I mean yeah. were they lying that they following Christ now because you know we let's face it when someone became a believer in that culture mm-hmm. whether they were Jewish or non-Jewish it meant 
you lost uh, status, you lost position, you, sometimes you lost your family, you could lose your job, you could lose everything. So maybe they, were, they became believers, but then they put on this front that I'm not really a believer, and they really weren't speaking the truth to their neighbor. And then the neighbor's like saying, well, wait a minute, you're a Christian? Right. It's kind of like when I became a Christian, and I went around, and after I became a Christian, then people I had done business with and had been out there, you know, in the conversation, I was like, yeah, I became a Christian. And then inevitably, most of the people I talked to said, well, I'm a member of such and such a church. I'm like, you are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, why didn't you ever tell me? I mean, you know, yeah. it's like it's like they were living basically like I was. Uh-huh. And not even speaking the truth, not even taking the time to say, hey, you know, I'd like to invite you to my church or, you know. So I think that's what Paul's getting at here is we've got to live that genuine life to people. And because really um, people are watching our lives. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there are hypocrites in the church, but there are hypocrites everywhere. Right. If you're a Panther fan and you went to the game yesterday, which was basically – very few people there, mm-hmm. right? But the real true Panther fans were there. Uh, but so I guarantee there was a lot of hypocrites in that stadium. Mm-hmm. All right. So that did not keep somebody from going to the Panther game. Yeah. And so the same thing with the church. We have to be honest and say, yes, there are people that don't live. Uh, they don't put on Christ. I don't put on Christ daily like I should, and I don't take off these other sins like I should on a daily basis. Right. But I have to be honest about it when I don't. Right. And I think that's that's kind of the main point there is, is, is um, in this honesty is we have to just be genuine and be real. Genuine with each other. Tell yeah. the truth. I think that's it. Don't hide our faith. But at the same time, you know, don't... Uh, we have to... I mean, we have to be honest with people and speak the truth because in our culture... We may get uptight about sin and stuff, mm-hmm. we're convicted of it, but our culture has almost zero conviction of sin anymore. Right. Unless it's one of their pet sins, which then they don't have any forgiveness for. Right, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about that next week. But, um, but yeah, so, so we have to be able to, to uh, be honest and forthcoming and, uh, you know, don't don't lie about our faith and stuff. Just yeah. just be honest, and um, when we do mess up, just tell them like, "Hey, I'm not perfect." Yeah, Be- because you know that's the only way to live our lives. Yeah, I agree. Well, I and agree. I think there's a part of it too that's like when people in church ask you, you know, "How are you?" Mm-hmm. What's our typical response? I'm good. How about you? Mm-hmm. Even though we're that's probably like Nick was saying, that's probably one of the biggest little white lies we tell all mm-hmm. the time is. Yeah, I'm good. You know, things going all right, works all right. You know this. I mean, that's shallow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, there's also some Christians who ain't afraid to overflow with what's going wrong either. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, don't vomit all yeah. your stuff on me, please. But, but you know, I'll be honest. Me personally, I respect somebody who's honest and somebody who's like more than somebody's like hey, everything's all right. You know, because mm-hmm. at least I know how to pray for you. Yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think that's a simple way we could even just start is being like, you know, I didn't really have a good week. Something's been bothering me. Right. And you know, I, there's also part. I think you need to earn the trust, if you will, but it should already be there because we are members of Christ. We're all one in Christ. Yeah. And building those relationships, I think, are, is is vital. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, let's look at the second point that, uh, that, that, that Nick brought up. We spent a lot of time on that one. Um, and, and, and this one is probably one that uh, touches maybe as many as the first, if not more. Um, and that's our anger. Uh, be, it's, you know, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, writes Paul, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Um, you know, um, I think if you ask, if you polled most Christians, Jeremiah, um, and you ask them what do they struggle with the most in terms of uh, living a life that is reflective of the grace they've received, um, I think many of them, if, if, you, if they didn't volunteer it on their own or if you just had a survey and you had a mark, what are the areas in your life you could use help with? I think a lot of people would check the box of anger. Yeah, and unfortunately it's one that's probably so popular, maybe not the best word, so rampant that it gets... It's it's acted as if it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. it's one we're willing to admit. It's like pride. You you like you will admit you were prideful because it's not one that people judge really hard. Uh, but like in the moment you say I struggle with lust, people automatically have like a connotation for oh he's a pervert or right, he's perverted yeah, yeah. or or whatever it is. But when you tell people I get angry, it's almost like it's a joke. Like. Uh, one thing I do have like seriously and I'm even kind of saying it like it's a joke but I have really bad road rage like so bad mm-hmm. and I know it's bad and my wife can't stand the person I am sometimes when I'm driving I deal with it like most of the time I'm a quiet angry person and so if my wife asks me a question while I'm a quiet angry person it probably comes out very <laughs> not so quiet uh, like it should have but uh but it's like we can admit that because everyone does it. It's not that big a deal. It's like telling white lies. It's right. like things that just, they're easy to admit because everyone does it. But ultimately, it causes a lot of problems, especially in the church. Mm. It can cause problems from the outside looking in, too, for sure. Like problems with witness which i think is actually maybe a bigger deal than disunity in the church but for mm. for individual believers and i think that's kind of where nick's focus was he was focused on behavior in the church so that we can have influence outside of the mm. church yeah yeah that's right so like we should have unity in christ in the church and anger and uh i think actually gossip was part of his first point uh, but he spent a long time on gossip and on anger. In fact, his his biggest point was on anger. His longest mm-hmm. point was on uh, anger. And um, like I said, it's just so prominent, and it's easy to admit. It's easy. It's an easy one to talk about. But at the end of the day, uh, we do need to deal with it, and we need to not react because. I loved his point on righteous indignation. Um, there is a point when you should be angry, mm-hmm. and, and you can do that without sinning. In fact, God does that. Mm-hmm. Um, he has righteous indignation. And we know there's no sin in Him. So. And we know there's no sin right. in Him. Well, like when Jesus went into the temple and saw the money change. Right, exactly. And he exactly. over the tables. Yeah. And, yeah. But for me, it's, it's uh, and Nick made this point, it's all about, like, reaction. Yeah. It's a fleshly reaction is what anger is. 
Yeah, I think the quote s- he used here was, anger turns to sin when we allow our emotions to control our actions, which in turn produces ungodly and destructive expressions. Wow. He said all that? Yeah, I was on a slide. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, well, well, I'm reading it off of his slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, 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 was a, that was a slide that he had up, that anger turns to sin when we allow our emotions to control our actions, which in turn produces ungodly and destructive expressions. And I think yeah. that's a pretty, pretty, pretty good way of saying what you, exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think the human fleshly first reaction is almost always anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a next step, and it takes the spirit to, to react in a spiritual manner, in a godlike manner, and I think uh, we he he didn't get to, to hit on it much, uh, but there's a very big text on grieving the spirit, and that's mm-hmm. this text. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, yeah, for the believer, in order to sin, <laughs> this is going to sound way more black and white than it is really. It's kind of nuanced, but. For a believer to sin, we mm-hmm. must grieve the Spirit in order to do so. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm actively saying no Spirit and yes, Jeremiah, because mm-hmm. it's just so natural. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when we respond in that natural fleshly way, it almost always leads to it always leads to sin. But when we try to respond in the Spirit, I think that takes an extra step does take an to extra step. listen to the Spirit and to wait, be patient. So that we can respond in a Christ-like manner. Yep. And I think that's where Nick's, uh, he had a really good illustration in his own life of, I chose not to send this out, uh, and a lot of anger happens on the, on the internet. Just <laughs> right, get on the yeah, internet yeah. and you'll just the get, internet's a you'll get triggered so fast. Up. Right. <laughs> and so we got to learn, <laughs> hey, maybe I wait a day before I, I respond to this person, yeah. which is what he did, and ultimately it, it worked out in his favor. I always ask people um, the, 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 the question that I ask myself because, you know, I've struggled with anger before in my own life, <clears throat> since it's good to confess, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, is, is, am I going to react in the flesh or am I going to respond in the spirit? And that's, that's the question, yeah. right? Because um, the, my tendency is exactly that, to react in the flesh, whether that's, a, whether that's behind, when I'm behind the steering wheel and someone's cutting me off in traffic, oh, yeah. right? Or whether that's, you know, I'm not getting my way and so I'm very upset or whether I've been disrespected by someone. My my immediate reaction, if I just go with what I react, I'm going to react in the flesh and I'm going to react in anger. And what it has, what, what it takes is to, to slow down and uh, do the one thing that I don't want to do when I'm in that situation and that's pray. Um, my wife, um, bless her heart, um, she's dealing with me when I'm like that. Um, and I can, you know, she she has patience with me, and she'll she'll ask, "Have you prayed about it?" And I'm like, "No, I don't want to," <laughs> because I know if I pray, um, I'm going to be denied what I want, which is I want anger. I, 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 you know, what Jonathan wants in that moment is he wants to see items flung across the room, right? He wants to see he wants to see physical destructive expression. Um, but what I need and what the Spirit wants and what Jonathan wants is two totally different things. Yeah. And so, I need, you know, praying will cause me to slow down and not get what I want. Um, but I have to deny myself in order to do that. I, I have to deny myself in order to do that. The other thing I have to do is I have to focus on the grace that's been given to me mm. 
so that I offer that grace to someone else. Yeah. Because often, if I'm being if I'm being pushed into an angry situation, it's because I'm someone is doing something to me, right? Yeah. Someone is someone is uh, has upset me, has attacked me, has said something that's upset me, has cut me off in traffic or whatever, right? Yeah. And and so they've upset me, disrespected me. Disrespect is a big button for me. I'll just be mm-hmm. really honest with y'all. Like, I don't know why it is. I can't understand. why. I don't really know what it is. But if I feel like um, someone disrespects me, this happened yesterday. <laughs> so yesterday, I'm at a restaurant. And uh, and and I, I won't name a restaurant. I'm at a <laughs> restaurant. I'm going through a drive-thru. And it's one of those deals where I'm, I'm being super nice to the people. Like, really, that's just who I am. And, I'm, and, and then I'm getting nothing back in return. And in fact, it's 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 almost disdain that I get instead, like no 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 interaction with me whatsoever. And well, I've you know, been there. It's like they're they're a robot. Oh, it's bad. It's like, and uh, so, I, and I feel I feel I feel disrespected yeah, in that moment, right? Because yeah. I feel like okay, the least you can do for me is acknowledge that I'm here. Yeah. Like you know, I, I'm asking you for I ask you for hey, can I can I and I ask nicely? Could you um, can I please have some some ketchup too? And then I was just like, robotically, just hand me four packets of ketchup, drop one of them on the ground, and then look at me, and then walk away. And I'm like, really? Like, like, get nothing from them, yeah. nothing at all. And then I get home, and they, <laughs> they, they, I get home, and I've got my salad, but they've not given me a fork, and they've not given me dressing, and I lost it. I got really upset. And it wasn't because they messed my order up. Because that's cool. That happens. All that the happens, time. right? Right. All the time. It was that coupled with the disrespect that I got, mm, and and yeah. it and it, it was enough to get to to rile my anger. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, I, that that's me. That's who I am, and I have to be aware of that. But I also have to offer grace to those people. Yeah. I got to be like, you know, and my wife is like, look, you know, they they might have been mentally ill, or they might have been, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, is she she she's like trying to help me like work yeah. through this because she. She doesn't want to see me angry, right? Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I do think that that it, it's difficult, but that's exactly what we have to do. It's it's and it's the one thing that I really struggle with the most, Jeff. I I, I have I, I have I have issues with 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 responding in the spirit when I need to. Um, anger anger is satisfying to me. <laughs> it, there's a satisfaction in it to me, and uh, especially when I allow it to go unchecked in a moment of rage. There's a satisfaction, a self-satisfaction that's not good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and like in the heat of the moment, uh, you know, you want to react. You want to get your jab in. You know, you want to defend yourself, your honor, all that other stuff. But but that's the time really when, and you know, we've all been there. We've had discussions and then they kind of, the, the voice level raises and then all of a sudden it seems like somebody in the, in the common moment like there's a break and everybody just okay let's just stop right. and then at that moment then uh, whether you've resolved it or not it stops and then when you go home because he's quoting him psalm there and the psalm talks about you know that don't let uh, don't let the sun go yeah. down on your anger yes. well, it's, 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 what, what the psalm says there is uh, be angry do not sin Psalm 4-4 uh-huh. meditate within your heart on your bed and be still Selah. so but what that's saying is when you go home tonight mm-hmm. if you can't settle it right now or if you go in your office or whatever get alone 
think about this thing, meditate on it, and like think about, okay, what's going on? Then all of a sudden, you get still. You go, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I now I need to go talk to that person, which is kind of what in Nick's illustration was what happened to the woman right. that sent him the thing to begin with. He could have fired off right then, mm-hmm. but really what happened was God got a hold of her heart, and she responded back the next day. And right. I found that to be most of the time when someone's angry or, or myself, the next day or the next time you see the person, you apologize, whatever, or they apologize to you, and you're like, look, it wasn't that big a deal. I'm sorry. I was going through this and that. You kind of explain what was going on, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of work through it. But yeah. if you never, ever, ever, ever get to that point, then you're up, you're at a draw, and I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You're not going to have anything to do with me. It's the Hatfields and McCoys. We're feuding, and we don't even really know what the feud is about. But right. it's it's over. I'm not I'm not having anything to do with you anymore. When I think looking into the other person's perspective and ha- having right. that community does help out. Because like this past week, I had a um, like a grocery pickup I needed to go do, mm-hmm. and it was scheduled for nine o'clock. Well, they text at nine o'clock saying uh, it's going to be delayed. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. That's whatever. Uh, so they're understaffed, I understand. So they text at 10.27 saying, hey, your pickup is ready for deli- for it's ready for you to come get. Well, I get there, call the number, and it says that that service stopped at 10 p.m. Oh, so no. I'm like, this is the second time I've come here. And I had my girlfriend Hope with me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to just go in. I'm like, I'm already tired of this and right. it's like that struggle of like how do i be a good witness but yet i want to just chew somebody out. it's like <laughs> man it's so hard yeah and yeah. so i go in i'm like yeah i just really want my growth so i'm talking to these three people there and they're 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 about to call. i mean they're not doing anything they're just standing there talking right and i'm like hey here's what's going on and uh the guy's like well they they were understaffed they just finished up they probably sent the text and went home i'm like so can I get my groceries? And the guy's like, no, nobody's back there. Oh, I'm like, no, nobody has a key. N- well, I, I have, that's another, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. It's but, like um, I tell my wife, there's no such thing as customer service anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so I'm, I'm talking, but the lady's like, and any of y'all know me, I'm not a morning person. So yeah. when this lady's like, if you come back at six or seven tomorrow morning, you can get your grind. And I'm just like, I absolutely not. And I'm just trying to think about what to say. And Hope's already like, she knows that I'm probably not about to say anything nice. So she starts talking, and it's like, well, will you, when did you say you can get them again? And that, and she's like, okay, well, we'll see you then. And I mean, obviously, I'm going to argue with her right, right. now. So I'm like, praise God for that. <laughs> but, um, but you know. When I look at that perspective, I'm like, you know, if they've been struggling all day, look, a hurricane's coming. Yeah. Um, they're understaffed. I'd want to go home too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd want to go home too. But it's good to have that commu- that person there, that somebody who you can trust, who can yeah. help you through that. A lot of times, yeah, and a lot of times you're right. Just seeing it from from the other person's perspective certainly can help, especially when you consider, again, the grace that's been offered to you. Mm. Jeremiah, let me ask you: Do you think that there's a, a deeper reason to 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 deal with their anger perhaps does do you think unchecked anger or anger that, that that's unconfessed or not dealt with does that hinder our relationship with God yeah I'm glad you asked because uh, a lot of times we we and we've actually talked about it quite a bit we try to look at the other person's perspective 
but ultimately what we're doing is we're looking for a reason that they deserve that Mm -hmm. that they deserve my kindness they deserve my mercy so if i can come up with a reason they deserve my love right they deserve me to be give grace well at that point it's not grace right Right. because they've earned it right right Right. and so like because we play that game i do it all the time like well they probably have been here all day. It's the last part of their shift. And we play that, like, give them a scenario to where they actually deserve me to be kind to them. Right. But I, I think of Jesus, right? Yes. And ultimately, it's like, no, Jesus is like, hey, be kind to them even when they don't yeah, deserve love your enemies. Yeah. Because, like, because even with the righteous indignation, you give, me a, you give me a reason in Scripture, right, which is righteous indignation. Oh, I can be angry at something? <laughs> and then we find we we try to give make an excuse for our anger. Yeah, yeah we're like, I know right. I was righteous to be mad at that because he was sinning against me. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we yeah. start playing that game. But then I think like uh, if if Jesus, if there was a case where he had a right to be angry, and yet didn't, mm-hmm. in fact showed grace and mercy, and I think that happens like even with Pilate, right? He's like. Hey, give us an explanation. Like, Jesus had every right to be angry in that moment. And it's just like, he just took it. He just stayed silent. Yeah. And he showed grace and mercy on the cross. And so, ultimately, the calling of Christian life is to go even further because we've been shown so much grace and so much mercy to show that grace and mercy even when no one deserves it. Even, mm-hmm. even if you don't have an excuse, like, that person is just... Like, Blake, I agree. That Those people were just, the system, Yeah, it was uh, terrible. Yeah, that's pretty right. upset. But. And you were upset. I get it, dude. I get <laughs> yeah. it. As a human, I get yeah. it. But for us Christians, we, we have to, we should try to yeah. be as above all of that as we got to have but the spirit that, but that, that, that's what i was gonna say blake right it, it that, that's why that's why you have to rely so heavily on the spirit yes. because yeah. my human the human part of jonathan cannot do it i, I can't oh, I, no. because because what what jonathan wants i would love to sit here and, and lie Not to consistently you. i would i would oh, love right. to sit here and lie to you and tell you that what jonathan wants is always what the spirit wants but that's <laughs> just not true what jonathan wants is often completely a, 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 you know opposite of what the spirit wants and uh, we have a fight about it sometimes. <laughs> and, so, and, and, and then I'm ashamed of myself afterwards, you know. And then I don't want to confess it. <laughs> so, yeah. it's all, you know, it's, yeah. it's, all, a, it's, it's all a thing. It's a cycle. You get back to your, like, your original pointed question, like, does that cause a rift in my relationship with God? Right, right. Well, ultimately, I think the more we grieve the Spirit, mm-hmm. the more we get good at that. Yeah. Right. And it causes mm-hmm. some some distance between my relationship with God. Not that it's literally there because it's it's that whole preachy statement. God's always one step away or whatever because mm-hmm. um, he's always there. He's mm-hmm. he's ready. He's present. Mm-hmm. But the, just I know this. God allows us to get what we want. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a true fact from yeah. the Bible. I can show you in multiple places. He allows us to have what we want mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And so the more you get what you want, even if it's not what's best for you, it gets easier and easier to do. And so, But I also know the other's true. The more you give in to the Spirit and the more you respond in the Spirit, it gets easier over time. It does. Um, and so not that your, your relationship will ever be severed 
and that there's not always a remedy for your sin. The remedy for anger is the same remedy for all sin, right. which is reliance on Christ, trust in Christ. That's it. He'll cover your sin. He'll grant you his righteousness. It'll be covered, right? So that's the, the remedy is always just trusting in Christ. And um, going back to your question earlier, like, you know, are we, are we, do we fear judgment? Do we fear, what do we fear? Why don't we confess our sin? And ultimately, it's, it's trust. We don't confess our sins with one another because we don't trust each other. Mm. And if we're being honest, we don't confess our sins to God because we don't trust Him. We don't trust Him to deal with it. We don't trust Him to handle it. We think He's going to respond the way I would. Because yep. if, if we're being honest, we slap Jesus in the face all the time. And when I get slapped in the face, I respond in awful, awful ways. We expect God to do the same, and over and over, He doesn't. He responds in grace and mercy. Yeah, I, I was just I, I was just reminded of First John four, um, where he says, um, he's in First John four eighteen. There's no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. Mm. So the one who fears is not complete in love. And 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 the whole point that John that John's making there is that is just what you said. We can come and confess our sins to God because we know He's a loving God and we trust Him. We know that there's no fear in approaching Him. And yet, when we do fear Him, it's it's a lack of trust. It's the same thing with my, you know, my children, right? They won't come to me and confess yeah. what they've done wrong because they're afraid of me instead of just trusting me mm. to be a good, loving father to them and to instruct them. Yeah, okay, what you've done wrong might require some discipline. It might require me explaining to you why it's wrong. It may even require me punishing you. I, you know, not that I want to, but you know, just so that you can learn the lesson, right? But what, but when you when you refuse to come to me, when you feel like you have to lie to me, um, then that hurts me because that means that ultimately you don't feel like you can trust me to be your dad. It's probably like where did I go wrong or something. Yeah, like that. You, you feel like you feel like. Well, you can't trust me to do the loving thing. That you're so afraid of me. And then I think about what Jesus says. You know, if we as humans feel that way, then how much more does God feel that way? Who God is in per God is perfect love. I'm not even perfect love as a dad, but God as our heavenly Father is perfect in His love, perfect in His mercy, perfect in His grace. And so there should be no reason we should fear him. Yeah. In, 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 as for, for Christians, right? There should be no reason we should fear him when we come and to confess to him all the things we've done wrong, and yet we hesitate to do so. Um, there's two more of these points, guys. We're not going to be able to get to them because we're almost out of time. One of them is is dealing with with our watching our work ethic. And what I liked most about what he said about this was. That we want to, we do want to. I think what you pull away from this is that we want, as Christians, to look for opportunities to use the blessings that God has given us, not just to, not just for self and for self pleasure, but to look for ways to bless others. God has given us our jobs, and God has given us the ability to to labor well, um, not just so that we can. Um, Poured into ourselves, but that, that we can be a blessing to other people. I think it's really what you can pull from that, right? And and you know, Nick even said your job is set up to display God's grace, mm -hmm. and that's that, that's that's great. Um, and then the last one that he mentioned is watching our tongue, and I think this actually kind of goes hand in hand with the anger thing that we just talked about at length, and honesty, and, and honesty, uh, right? All those things. But again, it, th this isn't something that, that Jonathan can do on his own because 
Um, you leave me to my own devices and my tongue is capable of saying things that I am greatly ashamed of. Mm. Um, but if I am responding in the spirit, um, then my, my tongue can be used for great things to, to, to praise God yeah. to, um, you know, uh, I think he said we should, he used like three S's. Jeff, did you write those down? You normally write yeah. all this stuff down. He, he had like three S's on the tongue thing. One of them was surrender your words. Surrender your words. Then silence, silence your words. Silence your words. And the, what and was then, the last one? Uh, sweeten your words. Sweeten. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to add a fourth one. I wanted to add season your words with the gospel oh, of yeah. Christ. Oh, yeah. um, season your words with Jesus. Because, and I think you could say that was sweeten, right? Mm-hmm. It's easier for you to sweeten your words when you season them with the gospel. Yeah. Um, when your words are seasoned with the grace of Jesus Christ and the mercy you receive from Him, it's a whole lot yeah, easier. Yeah, it says they impart grace on the hearers. So. Yeah, yeah. And really, guys, isn't that really what all this is about? When you go back and look at all these, yeah. whether it's honesty, keeping our anger in check, uh, using our, our, our blessings to bless others, and, and, and watching our tongue, it's all about being displays of God's grace. Yeah, yeah. Being good ambassadors. Being good ambassadors because Disciple of the... Disciple maker. Right, because of the grace that He has shown us. And exactly right, Jeremiah. I would say that that um, by doing this, we're, making, we're being better disciples of Christ, and we're going to then be better disciple makers, which is the mandate of the church. Yeah. And, and I would submit to you that if Rosa Sharon is going to be here for another 143 years, it's not just going to be just what we do in, in terms of, of whether we follow these guidelines. They're important. But I think, number one, we got to be about doing the mandate that's been set, to, set by Jesus Christ, and that's make disciples, be disciples, right? But also make disciples. If we're making disciples, Brother Sharon's going to be around for a while, Jeff. And you'll probably be here. So, I doubt that. All right, listen, that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, Jeff, what are we talking about next uh, Next week? Our memory verse, Luke 24, 47. So basically, we celebrated. We're here 143 years now. What are we here to do? Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of going back to the it's great the mandate commission. that I just mentioned, right? Yeah. So we're going back to the... It's the Luke's version of the Great Commission. You know, I'll, I'll I like be, that passage. Uh, I do too. That's I'll be one. honest. I looked at Jeremiah yesterday. We we were saying that verse out loud, and and I looked at him and I said, "What's the context for that? Where does where is that?" And he goes, "That's the road to Emmaus." I went, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, that's right." I said, "I forgot that he said that in the road to Emmaus yes. stuff." Because I always focus on. Um, you know, the, Matthews, the, the, Marks, and Acts is the three that everybody focuses on. Right. Now, I always think about, on the road to Emmaus, I always think about when when uh, he says, you know, uh, the law and the prophets all pointing that, towards that bleeds up to towards this, yeah. towards the towards that the, the Messiah had to suffer mm-hmm. these things yep. and that he would yep. rise again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped, I, I kind of mentally stopped there. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that he says this, uh, this thing about being a proclaimers to the nation, all the nations. Mm-hmm. So... That's really good. I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good message. All right. Well, uh, that's gonna do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning into uh, Money Boom Point. We appreciate you. Appreciate your time. If you have questions or comments or things that uh, you'd like for us to address, uh, feel free to email us at rosbcpastors at gmail.com. We'd be glad to hear from you. Well, we hope you have a great week ahead of you and that uh, you are guided by the truths of the Scripture because they are uh, they're inerrant. Um, They're infallible. Uh, They're authoritative for our lives. Uh, But even as you're guided by the truths from Scripture, be guided by the grace you've received in the Savior who loved you, died for you, and rose again for you. Because that's where it all, uh, that's that's what it's all about, guys. All right, have a great week. We'll see you next time. So long.